Welcome to On Demand. This is an incredible time. We're getting ready to launch into all kinds of new things and you're with us today on demand. Today we want to talk about the truth. What truth are you running from? You know, you can run from the truth and try to get away, but it's there in your face and it can help you if you pause. Jesus said the truth can set you free. So stay with us today. Let's talk about the truth. This is really a topic I've talked about before, but I got some new thoughts that I want to just share with you from my heart today. It's going to be great. Stay right there and enjoy. Be back in a minute to pray for you. Enjoy. Glad to have you back. I'll tell you what, I love good worship. I love the season. I love all the holiday celebrations, but now it's time to launch into a brand new year. And I've, I'm really uh, pondering a number of things. And what you're going to hear me talk about today is the truth. I try every year to answer one question. Just one thing that I want to answer, and I try to stay on that theme for the year so that I don't end up everywhere, wandering around everywhere. And I, I really think one of the things I've learned, and this is the truth, that preachers sometimes struggle with coming up with what to say. And they struggle every week. It's a weekly bondage. You know, well, I need a word from God, and they, they're always trying to figure it out. And I think most people forget. Most people forget <laughs> what you say because there's so many things coming at them. So I think if you can focus your attention, you do better. They say when you multitask, you, you know, you're 30% less effective, one study said. And so I want to, if I can, give you one question to think about, just one thing, and then that will be what I'll answer for you all year long. Just one question, here's the question, you ready? Call our annual question. What is the truth you keep running from that you need to open your eyes to, accept, and implement. The short version of it is, what is the truth you keep running from? What is the truth that you keep running from that you need to stop, open your eyes, and look at and say, that's the truth? Now, I think I'm a pretty honest person. But if I'm really honest, there have been times I've lied to myself. I've lied to myself about money. I've lied to myself about relationships. I've lied to myself. I remember one time Diane and I went off to uh, celebrate our anniversary. And I remember um, she started crying. We were, we were talking. And I thought, why? And she shared some of the things she felt needed to be improved in our communication. And I thought, I thought it was great. But I was, that wasn't the truth. What's the truth? What, what is it that you need to hear that you're not listening to? If I'm honest, there have been many, many times when, as a pastor, I thought I, I understood the direction, but it wasn't the truth. We were going to spend too much money. We were going to build something that was going to kill us. It was going to put us in too much debt. You know, we're going to live, give our soul that old song that says, you know, 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. You know, that's where we're headed. You know, tell St. Peter, I can't go because I owe my soul to the Bank of America store anyway, <laughs> or the Trust Bank, Bank store or Wachovia or whoever it is or Wells Fargo. If you're not careful, you, you owe so much money and you're in such deep debt that you have no way out because you can't even foresee how you're going to pay it off. And I think that's one of the things that I, I thought, well, God will work it out, you know, but that wasn't what he promised. 
He didn't promise me that he'd bless me if I dragged us into too much debt. That's not the truth. There's a certain amount of stewardship that he requires. And sometimes you can't see it. And there was a, there a, lot, of, there was a lot of pressure at certain seasons in our life to do church a certain way. It was too expensive. It was too costly. It demanded too much time, energy, money. There, there's another way to do it so that you can reach as many, more people as a matter of fact, and we've seen that in the digital world, more people are being reached by us, more people are being touched by the blended approach, digital and physical, combining the two. And uh, we've been walking in this model for a while, three digital and one in person. And the goal is to find a way to connect with people in more personal ways. Now, that's just something I came to understand. And that's another thing about the truth. You don't always see it. Jesus said this. This is important. I'm going to read the verse for you. John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had, who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold me, hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. If you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth. If you hold to my teachings, and the truth will set you free. It took me a while to really grab a hold to what Jesus was teaching, to grab a hold to what's, what he said, because blended in my mind was a lot of religious assumptions, were a lot of things people told me, pastors told me, preachers told me, and I just missed the truth. But once I settled into the truth, and once I really understood it, things changed. I love the statement, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Free from all itches, all bondages, all the things that keep you up at night, itching with worry, his truth frees you. And that's where I am for us. I want to ask you some honest questions and I want you to think with me for the next few months about the truth. What is the truth you're running from? What is it that you're not willing to face? And I think that it's, it's hard. Now, and I, I want to say in my life, it's not always been easy. Sometimes it took loss. Sometimes it took bondage. Sometimes it took intimidation. Sometimes it took isolation. I had to be isolated for me to be able to hear the truth. Sometimes it's when you're laying on your back and you're physically unable to move that you finally get the message, take better care of yourself. Sometimes some of you laying in a hospital right now, it's, you didn't listen prior to being in here. This was where you heard the truth. You couldn't hear the truth the way you were thinking before now. It's not until you stand before the judge and he says, you have five years to serve. And it's in that prison cell that you hear the truth for the first time. You can't go around stealing stuff and hurting people and attack. You can't do that. The drugs aren't the answer. It's not until you, you're, you're locked up for drugs some, for some people. That's when they hear the truth. Where do you hear the truth? What does it take for you to hear the truth? What is the truth that you are running from? What is the truth you refuse to face? Now, my, my <laughs> challenge is to not allow it to get too bad. But I must admit, there are times, even though I was praying and even though I was talking to God and asking God, I, um, I ran from the truth. I just, I don't, didn't want to hear it or just couldn't perceive it. Now, let me just, <laughs> let me give you an example of something that just came to my mind that's so true. And pastors ask me this question because they'll say, well, Pastor Ricky, what percentage of the people in your church, what's the truth, right, about the percentage of people 
who give. The typical church is 90% of the people don't really support the church. It's about 10% that support. And I, and I, this is what I tell them. I say, you're going to have to probably really work hard to get 20% to 30% of your people to give. They're about 70%, seven out of 10 people who come to your church and who sit there, they're not going to give anything. They're not going to give anything. They may give a dollar here or a couple of dollars there, but they're not going to really give anything. They're not going to be consistent supporters. They will demand that you be open. They demand that you help other people. They'll ask for benevolence. They'll come to you and ask for $1,000 to, to fix their rent, or fix, but they've never given anything. If we gave out benevolence based on what they've given, we wouldn't hardly give out any benevolence. Now, I'm not putting down anybody we've ever helped. I'm just making a point that most people ask for more than they give. And I'm not saying the church should be a bank, by the way. Don't get that wrong. When you give, you should say, well, I gave $1,000 last month. I needed now to pay my rent. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is the truth is people tend to want to receive. And I tell people, and that's hard to face. That's hard to face. It's hard to look at that and say, man, that's the truth. Man, that's the truth. It's hard. And this is what gets you in trouble. It gets you in trouble in love relationships. It gets you in trouble in a number of areas of your life where you, you make assumptions and you just... You know, you're, God's trying to show you, life's trying to show you, but you keep running from it. What is the truth you're running from? And there's a series of truths that I think we're running from. And, and, and especially during this season with, with COVID-19 and, and, and the deaths and all this happened, I am convinced that people are running from truth. I'm convinced that it's almost like now, it's, oh, it's over, it's over. It's not, not anymore, it's not, gonna, not a problem, just whatever. I, I, that's not the truth. That's not the truth. I mean, it's just not the truth. And I, I think you have to be honest when you look around the world. It, it, it's not the truth, but it's hard. And we run from that because it's inconvenient for us to face it. It's inconvenient for us to face the truth about things. So let me list some things that I want to talk about in the coming weeks that I think are important. And I'll talk briefly about each one and or some of them. And then we'll come back to all of them down the road. But let me talk about one of the first ones. I want to talk about the truth about us. The truth about us is one of the mess, first messages I'm going to talk on, talk about my first series. And I want to talk about how when you when you look, when you first meet somebody, right, and you meet their family, you have one view of the Smiths and one view of the of the champion family. I'm making up a name, by the way. And you it's not until you get to know them. It's not, it's not until you get to know them. The truth about them is different than the first perception most of the time. So what's the truth about us? And I want you to, to focus just in, in that series on us. There's a moment when I say, let me look at us, church people. What's the truth about church people? They're very selfish. They want all your time, all your money, and they don't want to ever be analyzed. Is this too long? Is this too expensive? Is this, is this not fair? Is, does it, is, I, I give an example. In, in, in my estimation, based on what I see, churches don't like children because they don't plan for children. They don't hire any youth people. When they do get money, they'll hire a guy who's a preacher, they'll hire a musician, but they don't hire anybody to take care of the youth. There's no youth strategy. During the pandemic, you saw this incredible truth. Let me tell you now, this is hard. Love me and hang with me. Most churches had no plans for young people. They made very little effort. They sent people around to collect offerings, right, to make sure they got paid. And I'm not saying that's wrong. Look, I'm glad, you know, amen. I'm glad. I'm not saying that. But there's no effort to touch children. 
the lot of the pastors can't tell you when's the last time they even spoke to any of their kids. Teenagers or anybody, they've not sat with them. They only talk to older people. Churches do not, in, in, in a general context, have a bold, aggressive strategy for young people. And that's why they leave. And so because of our attitudes and because of what we do, they don't stay. And they don't plan to ever come back, many of them. So we're going to talk about the truth about us. And I think that's where you should start, the truth. Then secondly, we're going to talk about the truth about our behavior. I'm going to do a whole series, and I'm going to take you down the road, especially in the book of Corinthians, and I want to take you down a path where I talk about how we behave. I'm shocked at what I see Christ, people who call themselves Christians do. People who call themselves believers in God do. Now, I'm not judging, I'm not, you know, I'm not being mean to anybody that said it that way. Um, and I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, let me just throw this in as a bonus. People often say, don't judge. You know, okay, first of all, Matthew 7, where it says don't judge, really means don't judge unfairly. If you can't sing and you sing, that's not judging you, that's telling the truth. And so uh, judging a person, if you're telling the truth, then it's okay. Because as a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians talks about this. He says, if, if one prophesies or preaches, let another judge, let another person listen to what they say and measure whether it's true or not. So I want to talk about this. I want to talk about our behavior and the truth. And I want to talk about how you can be a believer in God, love God, quote, and then sleep everywhere with anybody, anytime, no guilt, no nothing. How you can be dishonest. How you can, and the illustration I gave a moment ago, how can you be in this church and, and you and 70% of the people don't give anything? How can you be in this society? Pause and think about it, forget the church for a minute. You don't even give to charity. You don't give to anything. You live for you. You're a meistic. That's the truth. There is no benefit God gets out of, out of having you in his life. You don't give anything back. You only pray to receive. You never plan to be a channel. That's the truth. So I want to talk about our behavior. I want to talk about how we say one thing and live another way. Behavior is an amazing challenge, and we'll talk about that. Third thing I want to talk about in the coming months, I want to talk about the truth about our money. And when I talk about money down the road, it's money. <laughs> money is so, wow, such a topic. It is. And I've struggled with it. Oh, man, have I struggled with it. And that's the truth. Let me, tell you, let me tell you what I've struggled with. I've struggled with prosperity guilt when I advanced. I remember when I made $45,000 a year, in the church, I felt like, oh my God, I'm going to hell. Maybe, I hope not. It's 45. I remember feeling like, oh man. Let me tell you a, a really personal story. My daughter went to school and a kid came to her and said, your daddy is stealing money out of the plate. That's what she told me. And she came home with a little, little hair, little, <laughs> little hair bobbing. Daddy, I'll ask you a question. Where you get your money from? That's what she asked. <laughs> I said, baby, what do you mean? That, that, that child said you steal money from the offering plate. That's what they told me at school. And I said, <laughs> I said, no, baby. I work at the church, and the church pays me a salary. And, and the salaries come from the offerings that they receive, but that's not stealing, baby. She said, okay. But that's what they said. And I thought to myself, see, that's ghetto. That's tacky. But that's the kind of stuff you deal with. So, you know, you, especially for preachers, it's really funny. You, don't, uh, you need to lead the church to prosperity. Well, you got a poor-minded preacher who doesn't have anything. And it's a whole bunch of you. You can give him $5 and his life would be wonderful. But you 
trying to keep them at $2 a piece. It's like, Lord have mercy. I mean, it's, it's and I, I remember carrying this guilt and I think it affected us because, the, the, because I can't lead you to what I haven't experienced. You know, when I talk about money, I'm going to talk about money from a lot of different angles. And I, I want to talk about the truth about it. Here's, here's one truth. You need it. Say what you want to say. You need to have cash, not credit. And there's a difference between cash and credit. Boy, that's the truth. You are not doing well if you're not saving cash. If you're not saving money, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to go through this whole process with you. If you're not saving money, you're in trouble. Every time you get paid, if you can't save, you're in trouble. If you, and some of you don't save anything. America's saving rate has gone through the floor. I love this. Watch this. This is, this is the bonus point. Ready? <laughs> I'm going to throw a loving, um, I won't say elbow. Uh, I'll make a, I'm going to make a comment. Just call it that. Okay, here we go. All these people are quitting their jobs. Right. I've heard about that. Everybody's quitting their jobs because they're tired of this and we're leaving and they're walking off. You ought to look at the rising credit card debt. They're quitting their jobs, but they're using their credit cards and they're in more debt than ever now. And they have no cash. The average American, one study said if they have a five hundred dollar problem, they can't solve it. They have to use a credit card. And if you want to know the devil in your pocket, what can hurt you is using credit cards all the time to pay your normal bills and thinking that's okay. Well, Ricky Temple, what are you trying to say? I'm saying that's the truth. Don't run from it. I want to talk about the truth about your money. It's not today. That's just a hint. We're going to talk about that. Also want to talk about the truth about big churches, mega churches, the truth about big. I, and we have right at 3,000 active members. So, I mean, you know, we're pretty big, but I, and we've been, you know, we've been a little bigger at times, you know, but, you know, I want to talk about that because I think we deceive people. I think this idea that being big is better is not true. Just imagine if 100 people, well, that's not, that's too many. Let's say 10 people move in your house, 10 people, 10 people move in your house. And seven of them, remember I told you only 70, and that's really, <laughs> let me tell you, seven out of 10 people giving is really big. Most of the time, it's, it's, it's A is one out of 10. But let's just make it for fun. Make it seven people, 10 people move in your house, seven give nothing, seven. And then those seven people, when they move in, uh, they go get seven more friends. And then they keep bringing more friends. That's growth. G most churches grow themselves into bankruptcy. They get so many people that don't give, that don't volunteer, that don't serve, and they end up wearing themselves out. Big is not always better. What's happened to a lot of us is we admire big and, and we, we are lost in big. We're, 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 I'm not against big. I mean, I, I want us to keep growing, but I want us to grow smaller, bigger, if that makes sense. That's why small groups is important. That's why interacting together is important. That's why for some of you, even this format's important. Because I need to talk to you. I need you to hear what I'm saying. We need to interact. There needs to be more, and you need to build relationships around people who have the same values you have. So we'll talk about this whole mega idea because I really believe if you think bigger is better, even in your business, I mean, you're trying to grow a business and you have no profit where you are. You, it's not always bigger is better. Focus is better. Disciple, Jesus taught us to go make disciples, not make big buildings, not big, big churches. I'm not against it. I'm just making a point. He didn't say that. Go into all the world and build big buildings. He never said that. He said, go into all the world and make disciples and teach them what I've taught you. Matthew 28, 19, 20. That's the job. 
That's my assignment to perfect the saints. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. That's my job. And if I'm not careful, I'll be so focused on administrating and conferences and big events. And we've become, one scholar say, so focused on the administrative side of church and the administrative side of ministry that we've forgotten the, the calling and the practical side of it. And one, one thing, I, I, again, I'm, I celebrate big, I celebrate growth, but I understand that if it's not managed properly, you'll lose your focus. And then we're going to talk about what I call the truth about what we believe and more truth. There's a lot we're going to talk about in the coming months. But I want to just say this. At the end of the day, if you don't know the truth about what you really believe, you'll believe everything. You know, I, um, if I wanted to just kind of have a little fun and just really just kind of, you know, rock the boat a little bit. Um, Pastor Rick, are you going to talk about homosexuality maybe? Man, I don't know if I run from that. I don't know if people get mad with you if you say anything. You know, you can't say anything. I got, let me tell you, I got people in my church I love dearly. I mean, my people, people I've grown up with, they don't have the same view that I do about that. But I'll tell you, I love everybody. Let's leave it like that. Love everybody. But you can't talk, so you can't talk. You can't talk. Are you going to talk about fornication? I don't know. We talk about that. Boy, they all doing it. So I don't know if I can talk about that. People get mad with you. Because most of them are. Most of them are, and I'm telling you. Been here a long time. I'm telling you what I know. Pastor Rick, you going to talk about politics? Woo, that's a hot one. Wow. You know, but <laughs> if you talk about that, you get in trouble. <laughs> oh, woo, man, boy, I'll tell you what, you can't talk about that. What you going to talk about? See, I want you to notice, there's a list of things you can't talk about. Can't talk about women, some things you can't say about women. Can't say if you say it, oh, oh, oh boy, don't say that about women. Don't say that about, you know, okay. I don't know. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you how to recognize the truth. And then I want to challenge you to stop running from it. There, there are hard truths to face. And they're hard for me. It's hard for me. Let me give you a couple of them. It's hard for me to know things are going to change as much as they're going to change. Church is going to change the way people interact with church. A lot of people aren't going back. 30 to 50 percent aren't returning in many cases. In some cities, I've seen only 20 percent return. So church is going to change. They have to have a digital option and an in-person option. They have to find new ways to engage people. Can, can, can you stop running for just a few minutes and say, can we have a truth conversation? Your life is going off the rails. Your marriage is going off the rails. Your kids are going off the rails. You are going off the rails emotionally. Can you just stop and admit something I love to do and say, I'm off. We're off a little bit. We need to get back even because something's wrong. Something's wrong with my money, with my, my emotional states. Something's wrong. And I need to stop running. That's what I want you to do in the coming year. I want to stop running from the truth. And I want to open my eyes, look at it, and implement the truth in my life. I want to be whole, for real. And I must admit, it's hard for, for some people to just do that. And maybe it's been hard for you. But you know I'm right about you. You know I'm telling the truth. Your life's not where it needs to be. 
I want to pray for you today. All that's from my heart. That's some of the samples of what I'm going to talk about in the coming months. And I want you to just tune in with me, get on the ship and ride with me. We have a lot of things to talk about. And I'm telling you, I'm committed personally to face the truth. Just like I said in my garage, I told you some weeks ago, and I cleaned out my garage, I looked at all that stuff, bank statements, investment statements, papers, notes, to-do lists, calendars. Oh, man. And I looked around and I said, Tempo, you did this. You sold this, man. You can't blame anybody. And that's the truth. It wasn't your wife. It was you trying to keep good records. Stop for a minute. Admit where you are. It's hard to look in the mirror and say, that's not healthy. That's got to change. I've got to do something about that if I want God's best for me. I can't allow this to continue if I want God's best for me and for my family. I can't keep drinking like this. If you want, if you want God's best, you don't need something to intoxicate you, just drugs or whatever to take you away from your, your senses. Losing your job over what? Temperament, attitude, pause. Stop running from the truth before you lose something you don't have to lose. Let me pray for you. Father, today we talk about the truth. Help us to hear it and help us to realize that you said it. If we hear the truth, if we hear the truth, the truth will set us free. So we open our hearts today to hear what may not be comfortable. We want to allow people into our lives who will speak to us. And so we give you praise. We pray for a brand new year. We pray for the new year. We pray for us to launch into a new year. It's been a good year for us, study and learning, but we embrace the truth for the coming year. Speak to our hearts. Show us what we need to know. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray you have heard something that made you think about your life and your truth. Some things you were running from, some things you didn't want to face, some things you thought were just not really that necessary, but now you see it. There are times in my life, like I shared with you, when I ran from the truth. The truth about a lot of the areas we're going to cover in the next few times together. And I hope you join me for those times. We're going to talk about the truth about church, the truth about you, the truth about your children, the truth about your marriage. What's the truth? I'll tell you what, my friend, you hang with me. We've got a lot to talk about. It's going to help you in your life. Let's pray. Father, I pray that the truth they've heard today will inspire them to ask themselves, am I listening to the truth? Am I open to the truth? And God, I thank you for what we've heard today. May it lift them to say, Pastor, I need to focus more on the truth and get honest with myself so I can have God's best in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with us on demand. Link it and send it to a friend. If it blesses you, it might bless somebody else. I'll see you next time. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. Bye-bye.